Welcome to the Architect of Change Show with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman & Associates. Now here's Connie. Hi, I'm Connie Whitman, your host, and you're listening to Architect of Change on webtalkradio.net. Thanks so much for joining me this week. All right, so my motivational quote by, uh, today is by Euripides, and it says, No one can confidently say that he will still be living tomorrow. We all know that is that, that this quote is so true. Uh, we know two things are certain in this life. We will pay taxes and we will all die someday. It's also a statistical fact that we're actually living longer. So does this mean that we all grow old with a quality of, quality of life that most would be envious of? Or is aging really another reality of existing within the same body and mind that just no longer seems to serve our needs? We all know someone whose parents have had dementia or some other debilitating issues that prevent them from getting around and enjoying what's left of his or her life. When things seem to change suddenly with an elderly parent, it can be startling that your parent that you have relied on suddenly is in need of your help. The key question that needs to be asked, I think, is how to manage this new normal so that we can focus on enjoying this aging person that we love so dearly while also still giving them the opportunity to have a good quality of life. My guest today is Vlad Zirinovsky, and Vlad is going to share some strategies and ways to approach this devastating family or these devastating family situations before the tragedy actually strikes. Vlad is the CEO of Craner LLC and has more than 15 years in his role as a wealth manager. He's been in the trenches with families in crisis and helped them forge ahead. Even if you're not currently facing the situation, getting prepared for it will make all the difference in the world. So get ready for some key strategies for steps you could take right now with your parents and your siblings. So Vlad, welcome and thank you so much for being on my show again. My pleasure. Wonderful to be here with you and, uh, and your audience, honey. Yes. I, you know, Vlad and I, I think we try to do these shows qu quarterly. I think it's kind of rolled out that way, Vlad. Um, and Yeah, and if you, if you are connected with Vlad or you're not, you should on LinkedIn. And he has, we were just talking about this before we, we began the show, um, he has this happy hump day. And it's a little... Um, uh, quick blips of things that are happening in our marketplace and in our world um, that are relevant to all of us. So he's just a value-added information in my life, and that's why I love having him on to share with you guys um, to Thank share you. this. I, yeah, I just think it's it's such an important topic, you know, money and aging parents um, and just for our own retirement and stuff. Even I don't care if you're 20 or you're 80, I think your topics are just value-added. Now, Vlad, I know this isn't an easy conversation to get started uh, with loved ones. So do you have any tips right out of the gate um, on how to approach this? Of course. And this is one of the things that we constantly talk to our clients. As a matter of fact, earlier today, one of my friends and uh, a, a long client of our company, um, his wife called to say that he, um, he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. <sighs> And uh, the gentleman lived a fantastic life, but now he has a point where, well, someone, is go someone will have to st step in and care for him and make sure that the dignity of his life continues. Yeah. So now, 
the situation becomes, you know, how do you approach the subject? How do you talk to your parents and, and how do you tell them? And as simple as it sounds, it starts with a conversation. I mean, it's very, it's not uncommon that people um, experience discomfort over the subject and over the subject of aging parents because it's now you are the person that your parents will look to for help, not vice versa. And we always recommend that as simple as just telling your parents, look, you know, the reason I would like to have this conversation with you, mom or dad or mom and dad, is so that when God forbid something happens, I will know where everything is and I will be in the position to help you and guide you the best that I can. And the analogy that I utilize is always with the umbrella. I mean, if you don't know where the umbrella is and it starts to rain, that becomes a problem, right? But yes. if you know where the umbrella is, you can go and get it and you can use it to the best of your abilities. So, go ahead. I was going to say, and here's the thing, it may, may be uncomfortable, but later on, that one little conversation could make the difference not only in your life, the, ch the child the, you know, with the aging parent, but in the aging parent's life that you actually have had this conversation knowing what they want to do with their own health, you know, um, uh, what do you call it? the, the uh, do not resuscitate or whatever, but also that you know what they want to do with their jewelry or their china, um, you know, little photos, who gets the photos, um, you know, it's not just always about money, but it is always about money because at the end of the day, we have to make sure that we have the money to take care of our parents also right. with the dignity of life that they deserve. So as uncomfortable as you are, suck it up. You got, you got to do this. Correct, correct, because... One of the things that we uh, we keep on finding our company and my my employees being in is um, right in the middle of family dealing with a parent just passed away, whether it's the remaining parent, and what do we do? The siblings, everyone is involved now at this point. Where's the money? How much? Who gets what? And yes. It always does come down to the money. I mean, we don't live in the environment or in the society where everyone is very well off. So college tuitions or education payments that, that, are, that are needed or whether it's just uh, regular living expenses that need to be taken care of. There's always, families always find themselves in situations where, okay, well, my parents are gone. There is X amount of money left over. Where does it go? Who took care of it? You know, was there anyone dipping their hand in it prior to my parents, uh, you know, departing this world? And it creates such a, uh, such a disaster in families. It brings up all the negativity, hurt feelings from so long ago. Mm. We, have a, we have a new family that's coming on board, and this is what I, I want to be clear about it. These are the families who are coming on board. Our existing families, I have these conversations with our clients, and I make sure that their kids participate in the discussions. Wonderful. And I tell them everything that you and I are doing this right now. Mm -hmm. so we have a family right now where mother is still living. The house was sold by the eldest son because um, they need the money to care for her, to be at the nursing home. And guess what? Three nieces who are the daughters of the late brother are now participating to find out how much money is available oh. and whether the, the son, their uncle, who is taking care of the mother, and he has been, is taking advantage of her and utilizing that money. 
And how do you even talk about this? I mean, from, from a mental standpoint, do you tell them, you know, piss off and, you know, right. you will deal with this when grandma passes away? Absolutely. Or do you sit down with them and tell them, well, look, this is the amount of money we have and this is what, we, you know, this is where things are going. And it becomes pretty crazy. So yeah. I do want to share that you will get involved one way or another. Yeah, it's emotional chaos. That's what ends up happening. So I would think that as, you know, I, I can tell you that I've had these conversations. My siblings, uh, you know, we've had meetings with my mom and dad. We all know where everything is. I have power of attorney, you know, on their bank accounts. My brother's the executor. My sister's a pharmacist. She handles all of that stuff. My other sister keeps track of all of the health care um, information because she's an expert in that area. Um, we are all involved and we are all on the same page so that there won't be this emotional chaos and just chaos later on um, now I I know that we've spoken with my mom and dad about from a legal standpoint but also from a healthcare standpoint um, there might be more but can you talk about both of those how what type of questions should uh, the child be asking the elderly parent from a, I would think a legal standpoint first Okay, certainly. Uh, and then we can talk about the, the physical approach um, sure. that we, we set for families in order to start the conversation. But the concept of what you want to do and what you want to discuss, you want to break uh, the conversation into four pieces, legal, healthcare, income and expenses, and financial records. Mm, so sense. with legal aspects, you would discuss have, they, have your parents done Let's just assume it's both parents. It'll be easier instead of for me to keep on um, reiterating one or the other or both. Have the parents done the estate planning? Who is their attorney? What legal documents do they have in their position or are the, uh, are the records of the attorney's office? Mm-hmm. Is there a will, trust, durable power of attorney? Um, is there a healthcare um, proxy or, or healthcare directive? And may you reach out to the attorney and introduce yourself with your parents' blessing so that, God forbid, something happens. When you call the attorney, the attorney is not taken aback by going, well, who is this calling me on the records mm-hmm. of somebody else claiming to be their son or daughter? Today, at the, at the time when, when so many people are just constantly suffering with um, identity theft, yeah. So you, you can understand the, the reluctance of attorneys um, working with you directly and just going, oh, yeah, sure, come on in, here's all the records. Now, with the healthcare aspect, the, uh, the questions that need to be asked are always, what other medical insurance do the parents have besides Medicare? Because they're, you know, today's with Obamacare and, and, and the complexity of the insurance system, you need to know, are the parents covered? Because if they're not covered and there isn't enough money, guess who's going to be on the hook? It's the, the uh, parents of state and then ultimately goes down onto the children. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, oh, they're, they're done and we'll just wipe it, or, you know, wipe it off. It doesn't happen that way. It's not that easy. Now, with that insurance, what is covered? Is there a long-term care insurance? What are the features of long-term care insurance? Because, for example, with our particular client, they do have long-term care insurance. Well, now we need to identify, well, which stages is this individual in and and when will approximately he'll need additional care that the family or his wife is able to provide him with. Mm. So, and the same thing, who are the doctors and uh, may I have access to your doctors and what medicine are you taking? Because with the HIPAA laws and the HIPAA rules, the doctors will not discuss anything with you 
unless you have a, um, a written validation and instruction from your parents. So uh, another one, I mean, you'll hit a brick wall. Now, the third subject is income and expenses, which basically is your budgeting. You know, what income do they currently have? What are the debts? What are the monthly expenses? Where are the records? And a very good question is always to ask is, um, um, have you uh, had a situation where you forgot to pay a bill? Because with questions like that, you yourself will be able to identify, well, are my parents now beginning mental deterioration? And to what extent do you need to be involved? We see this all the time with asking these type of questions from our clients when they forget to pay the bill. Or, um, and because, because we deal with long-term care and the bill is not paid, we are notified that so-and-so did not pay their bill. So anyway, and the fourth is the financial records. And the financial records are, do you have any investments? Do you have a wealth manager, financial advisor that we can reach out to and then talk to? You know, where the money uh, is invested? Who are the beneficiaries on these accounts? Because although everyone says, oh, I have a will, I have a will, well, guess what? Although you have the will, the titling of the account predecedes the will, which basically means if I have a retirement account and it says that uh, Connie is my beneficiary, but the will says that Vlad is the beneficiary, well, Connie will get all the money because that's the way the account is titled. And more money is lost to mistitling of the accounts than the director from the client or whatever is going on with the stock market gyration, ups and downs in China staying or, you know, I, uh, United Kingdom leaving or staying in European Union, I should say. So hopefully that was clear enough on the four aspects. Yeah, and I, I have to tell you, I think that's wonderful. So the legal health care, income and expenses, and the financial records, which all of them are key. I want to go back to the legal uh, before we go on break. I want some yeah. clarification because you, you mentioned the will, the trust, and then you said a durable power of attorney. Just explain, I think everybody knows what a will and trust is. I think that's more common um, uh, words that we hear, but a durable power of attorney, can you just explain what that is and why it's important? Correct. And the analogy I always use is the following. If I want to buy a house down the shore and I do not have the ability to drive there, I would give a power of attorney to a local attorney or a, my representative who will go and buy the house for me and then at that point the power of attorney will cease to exist. So I will give him a limited power of attorney. A durable power of attorney lets the other party do every kind of task that I'm physically able to do myself. Writing bills, calling attorneys, uh, calling the doctors, obtaining any kind of records or information. With the durable power of attorney, you're basic, basically giving all your legal rights to another party to act on your behalf and always obviously in your best interest. But the durable, yes, but the durable power of attorney, I was under the understanding that it doesn't kick in unless you've become incapacitated in some way. You're in a coma or you're in a severe accident where you're in the hospital for a period of time and in rehabilitation that the other person can act on your behalf, um, you know, accessing your money or uh, paying bills for you, you know, having repairs done in house if that's needed. Um, am I misunderstanding that? Um, you are correct. And, um, 
the idea behind durable power of attorney, yes, and this is why the durable power of attorney is so much more powerful than the power of attorney. So if you become mentally incapacitated or something physically happens to you, or for example, this individual who is with uh, our client that I mentioned earlier, who is, who, you know, it's hard to say onset of Alzheimer, you either have Alzheimer's or you don't have Alzheimer's. Mm. And yes, although there are different stages of it, and this is not, uh, you know, for the discussion of the show, but this individual is in the is in the position to to give durable power of attorney to his wife to act on his behalf because how do we know that he's now acting um, in his mind. mindset or being affected by the onset of this unfortunate and horrible disease? Go. Yes. Yes. Okay. So that because my husband and I do have a durable power of attorney. God forbid. We're in an accident, one of us, and let's say I'm in a coma and the, the medical bills go through the roof, he needs to sell the house to get the assets out of the house. Um, you can't Correct. do that because I'm on the deed. I'm not dead. I'm alive. Uh, so that right. durable power attorney would certainly you know, kick in to avoid any um, uh, financial distress that could be avoided with a simple piece of paper. So I just wanted to make sure that everybody understood what that was. Let's take a quick break, and then I do want to talk about uh, the health care piece and then the income and expenses and the financial records uh, that I think um, would be helpful, again, for everybody listening. Okay, so quick break, and then we'll be Very back. Good. Okay, cool. A speaker has little value to an audience unless you, the listener, is motivated and empowered to change. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates is a renowned speaker and is an architect of change. Consultations, training, seminars, and speaking engagements are the venues where she affects change. Whether your responsibilities include customer service, sales, marketing, training, executive management, or ownership, and you are seeking change in your organization, then you need to hire Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Connie doesn't just fill your ears with rhetoric. She speaks to the heart and success of your business. So next time you need to hire a speaker, don't hire someone that just talks. Hire an architect of change. Connie Whitman. Just ask for Connie by calling 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. Okay, we are back, and we are speaking with uh, Vlad Zirinovsky. Do I say your name correctly, Vlad? It's, it's Zirinovsky. Zivanovsky. Okay. You're doing well. Yeah. <laughs> okay, not bad. <laughs> not bad for, for um, uh, American, right? Not bad for American. You're doing uh, so very now, well, absolutely. Yes, thank you, thank you for the compliment. Okay, the health care now, um, you know, the medical insurance is, I, I think, important. Also, what's covered, I know my parents have the Medicare and then they have the supplemental, and they have assets set aside. So God forbid, again, they're still, you know, independent, 87, 86, they live independently, they're in wonderful health, knock on wood, I'm knocking on wood right now. We, they have the assets set aside for care at the home if, let's say, you know, my mom or dad needed uh, someone to come in and cook for them or something like that. So you really need to have this discussion because if they don't have any um, funds set aside, that becomes another whole issue of how how do we end up taking care of this person what are our options and if you don't know that you don't know what your options are correct right yeah right. yeah and and the other thing i just wanted to comment on is you said that do they have you know do you have permission to speak with the doctors and again i know for my mom and dad they have us listed i, I guess it's the hipaa form i think i i could be wrong but where my mom lists all of us 
uh, to four children so that any of us could speak and depending on who is available that day or whatever um, to speak with the doctors and they have us listed and it's funny because one of one of the doctors uh, I always take my mom to and they just have my information <laughs> they call me to remind okay. the appointment because my parents can't hear on the phone anymore so they call me and I schedule the appointments and, and I handle that but but it's documented. I'm not just taking over. You know, my mom and dad have authorized that. So that's another really important conversation because, um, and I don't know if you see this with, with your clients if you get that close, but, you know, I've gone to, doc, to doctor's appointments with my, my mom and dad, and, you know, the doctor's going, they're like, okay, we're done. We're going on to the next patient. And I know my mom and dad have questions, and I go, no, just a minute. We have more questions. Like, slow down. Right. So you, right. you need advocates. They need to have advocates, too, because they don't process as quickly the information. They can hear a lot of the times and miss some of the information. Um, so you really do have to have that relationship, I think, with the doctors as well. So I love that you included this as part of the, um, of the, of the, the topic today. Correct. Yeah. Do you find that? with your clients that they do have those conversations with the doctors or is it an aha moment when you make that recommendation? Well, I'll, I'll share the story and I want to be clear one thing about many tend to think the wealth managers um, are someone that you give you money to and they just make the money grow and ultimately yes, that, that is the outcome in, in working relationship. But we also the professionals that know the laws and the rules for you to hold on to your money. Because although I could double your money, but if uh, the account is not titled correctly, yes. and the money go to the ex-spouse, which have happened with the clients that we have, uh, the newer clients who come on board and the horrendous stories that they share. Similarly, with the healthcare, we had one uh, a gentleman who shared the story with us. Um, he was married for the second time and his wife, his second wife was suffering from epilepsy and he came home one afternoon and his wife is unconscious on the floor. She calls 911, they bring it to the hospital and at the hospital, the doctor is asking, you know, well, can you tell me anything? He says, well, she suffers from epilepsy and for epilepsy, you take particular medicine. And the doctor says, well, what does she take? And he goes, I don't know because I don't take it. She does. And the, the, the drugs and the, you know, cardboard. So he said, well, you need to go to the pharmacy and find out what she's taking because I cannot give her anything or start any kind of IVs on her until I find out what could have possibly caused for her to be unconscious at this point. So he yeah. runs to the pharmacy and the pharmacist says, well, I can release these records to you. I understand you're her husband, but we do not have her authorizing us to release information to you. Yep. So he runs home to get, to get the documents um, and... Uh, you know, luckily enough, uh, they already had the legal documents in place that they had the healthcare directive that he was listed in it. And I, I was just, I asked him one question. I said, well, what if it wasn't you who was listed in it? What do you do at that point? And he said, I don't know. Yeah. So with that health care directive, he ran back to the, to the pharmacy and they were able to release information because that's a legal binding document. And with the list of medication, he ran back to the hospital. Well, think about it. Like, uh, besides the stress that your wife is unconscious, you have to run around like a yeah. chicken with a head cut off gathering the information where yeah. all of this could have been avoided just by simply saying, all right, what are you taking? Here's a list of things handwritten. You don't have to type it. You don't have to do anything with this. Just keep, keep it all in one place. 
Now you bring aging parents into this picture. They take medicine. They take a lot of different things. Yeah. And now you come, you're in the position now where doctors asking, what are they taking? What are you going to say? And think about how many people have the time to take in the middle of the day to take their, their parents to the doctor to take care of things and to take care of the issues. Sure. And this is what we're talking about. Prepare. Just plan. Please plan. Just ask these basic questions. Reach out to Connie. Connie will put you in touch with me. There are plenty <laughs> of financial professionals who will tell you this stuff. Right, Connie? It, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and it's funny because, uh, you know, one of my uh, jobs in banking, you know, many years ago, I was a trust officer and I, I mm-hmm. dealt mostly with elder care folks. And yes, part of our job was the wealth management to grow their money. But the other piece was um, we had a private banking group where we would manage their bills for them if their kids were living in, this was before online banking, if their kids were living in California and they were located here in New Jersey we would help pay their bills and you know a fee was associated or we can help them maintain their home so there's so many um, avenues if you if you can't do it because you're working or you're cross-country there's so many options and so many professionals in place like a Vlad who can handle all that stuff and or direct you to the right person so there there is really always help on the way and here's the other thing I I think I find especially when I was in trust I saw more families fight during such a sad time when they should have been mourning and it broke my heart because I have just this wonderful family right and I I would always think oh my god something happens to my mom or dad are we gonna fight like that that would be awful because I actually like my siblings and we like our spouses you know we all get along so that thought was always looming and then I remember coming home and saying to my parents I think we need to have a meeting because I don't ever want us as a family unit to go through the, the chaos and and the nasty things that are said because you're you're mourning you're you're in distress um so i agree with you vlad the planning 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 is is just so critical um because again the financial records that was your last uh piece the now we do have online banking so what what do you recommend your clients to do with usernames and passwords and it's more than just all of my statements are in the cabinet you know Right. And actually, in today's environment, things, things have become a, a lot more streamlined, thank God. I mean, forget, yeah. obviously, you know, aging parents are probably not utilizing online banking. But if you have the conversation, just tell them, listen, I just would like to keep track of, you know, where things are, just to see if you need money, whatever is the case. And I will set up online banking. You then are able, from the comfort of your home or your office, to, to watch your parents' accounts to make sure they're not being t- taken advantage of, because yeah. they might miss that. An extra tip was uh, uh, added on at the restaurant or that the return was not processed correctly, whatever is the case. Now, in today's environment, and one of the things that we've done for our clients is we've built a system that lets our clients tie in all of their outside accounts into one place. So with one login, and it's protected, it's secured, uh, you know, to an incredible degree. You're able with one login to see all the investment accounts, all the checking accounts, savings accounts, credit cards, mortgage information if there is any. With one access, you can have everything right there in front of yourself. And you can set it up with your parents for them or do it, do it yourself. The, the app is for your iPhone, Android, for your iPad. You can use it on the computer. 
And the idea behind this is that so you can just monitor. You can make sure and you, you'll know that something is off. I mean, if you know there's X amount of dollars missing from the Terrence accounts, whether they're investment accounts or regular accounts or credit cards, you'll be able to catch it much quicker than they do. And for you to just tell them, ah, look, yeah, something is off. And for you not to do it, the only reason you would not do it is because either A, you're the younger sibling in the family and somebody else has taken over, in which case you still need to participate, or B, you're just lazy and it's just irrelevant to you. you it's one of those things, eh, I'll deal with it later. Hopefully that was clear enough. Yeah, and, and it's sad because you're right, you know, you have, and, and here's the deal, you have a system already set up, but there's so many apps and there's so many um, different softwares that you can buy so that everything really is at your fingertips because here's the, here's the other thing, and I, I think most of the people listening can relate to this. We have children, right, Vlad, you have children too, and then right. we have parents who are aging. So, you know, I know we're called the sandwich generation, but we're living longer. So when you do still have kids, whether they're in college or high school or little, you're still responsible, but then you still have these aging parents that you're responsible, and most times we're working. So you, you're really um, under, under pressure with lack of time, lack of extra time available. So these Absolutely. systems, like you have, you know, everything in one place, whew, it just takes that burden of, oh, my God, let me do that today. Oh, let me check that today when you can have it all in one place. So the good news, I think, is that there's our systems like yours, but there's also apps and other softwares that we can buy, that the kids can buy for aging parents to uh, control all of that paperwork as well. So I'm glad you mentioned that because I think that's really um, another key part of planning. Now, once you set it up, you're good to go, you know. Now, I have one more question. We're almost out of time, but I do have one more question. Let's say, like my parents are very forthcoming with all of their accounts. We all know where everything is. Again, we have these family meetings, et cetera, okay? I know that's not the case for all families. Some families don't speak. They haven't talked, you know, spoken to siblings for 10 years. What do you do if a parent has or the belief of, well, I don't want them to know because they're going to steal from me. Then what do you recommend if, when you have clients like that? No, the, uh, the approach is the crucial part. I mean, amazingly enough, you know, discussing legal health care and everything else is the easy aspects because that means the parents are already receptive. So the first and foremost thing that we always educate our clients on doing is um, uh, be helpful and directly, uh, um, well, express your respect uh, and acknowledgement for your parents' re reluctance um, to bring up Absolutely. their financial, financial to discuss. Yep. And you can put it on yourself. You can say, look, my concern is that if something went wrong, I would want to be, I do not want to be in position be, to be completely lost and not know where everything is and not be able to find it and be able to help you. Yeah. And, and, and that's the key thing. And um, if you have friends that went through something like this, bring them along and have them sit in and then share their horrendous stories. Yeah. But the best thing and, and with this approach is, Make an appointment with yourself to say, I need to do this for me and for my family. Because, yes, if something went wrong, it's your, it's your bond that's on the line. Yeah. Because one way or another, you'll be involved either selling that house or looking for a nursing home or yes. figuring out who is the financial advisor or the attorney or where the records are and, and, and looking through boxes and drawers. And, and it, it, it will take a lot more time from your family and your life and your work and put a lot more stress on you. So one thing that I can recommend is 
around the holidays, when everyone is much more in a bit atmosphere mood, just make an appointment to see your parents, whether it's prior to the event. I mean, you're not fighting, you're not arguing. You're just literally having a discussion. Well, where are the things? Or you can ask your parents to perhaps extend the stay and just spend a little more time. And please, 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 if you have siblings, be transparent with them in all your dealings. Yeah. Because on top of you running around and trying to figure out where everything is, you'll be asked and scrutinized that, well, mom gave you a car when you graduated college 50 years ago, 30 years ago. <laughs> well, I never got that. And now I think mom's giving you more money. And because I need more money, it just creates so, so much tension. So include them. Be transparent and tell them, I want for you to come with me. We're having this conversation. We're having this family meeting. Exactly what you, Connie, said. And I applaud you for doing it because the, the, um, the research shows that only five families out of 100 have the conversations, and we are talking about it then. Yeah. And, and uh, Brian, honest to God, I, I saw it over and over and over as my role in the trust department, you know, dealing with the clients. It scared the crap out of me because here I feel I have this very close-knit family, and I thought, well, they could have been close-knit too. And then you have this just sad event, and, and everybody deals with tragedy and death and whatever differently. I understand that but the way they would attack each other it was horrifying and that's when I came home and I, I said to my mom and dad oh I think we need to have a meeting because this cannot ha I won't allow our family to um, to be so mistrustful of each other and again the transparency I think is is critical and it's I, I share one cute story and then we really are out of time when we had our meeting, there was a, a picture of my mom and dad, and I think it was at my brother's wedding, and they, they just looked so beautiful. It's a nice picture, you know? And so my sister's like, Mom, I want your pots because they're seasoned, and my sister's a great cook. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want your pots because I don't really like to cook, so that's a good match, right? And I said, well, I want this picture. And everybody looked at me. It's, there's no value. And they were like, oh, yeah, that's a good picture. I'm like, dad, it's mine. I, I asked for it first, you know? And But that that was the, the lightness of the conversation because we were all there. It was my mom and dad are, are still in good health, but at the time, this was probably 15 years ago, they were in good health. So it, was all, it wasn't talking about death. It was talking about how can we celebrate how can we celebrate your life and, of course, mourn and all of that, but not be fighting with each other? And I think if you approach it from, from a, a point of love that, it, it, it just, it'll go, even your, even the parent that says, well, I don't want you to know what I have. I think if you come from that aspect of love and it's not about you, but it's about protecting them. And I think you clearly state that. Um, I think that that's when you get the receptivity from your, from your mom or dad or both, um, you know, to, right. to be able to listen and share. But I, I love that you said the transparency with siblings, uh, because really guys are all in it together if there's siblings involved. So, um, you know, well said, well said, but, just any quick last-minute things, because that was just brilliant. The whole uh, two segments were awesome. Awesome. Wonderful. Excellent. So no final last words. Well, so the, the kind of the final, let me put it this way. When you have these answers, you'll be able to make accurate determination and act responsibly to care for your parents. And having exactly. this information now 
will ease your mind as you move forward in life together. That's the bottom exactly. line. You're, and you're exactly right. It's all about making good decisions for your mom and dad um, when the time comes. And it'll take a lot of angst out of your life. It's just it's just preparation. And, and you want to have good facts to make good decisions uh, from a planning standpoint. And there's so many moving parts. And, and you know, you mentioned four, you know, that legal, health care, income expenses, and financial records. And within each of those is a list of stuff. So there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. Guys, if you'd like to speak with Vlad directly, um, again, just to have a consult, or if you're just looking for random information, I do recommend emailing him directly and get on that mailing list with the uh, Happy Hump Day, his, his little newsletter. It's awesome. Every week. I read it weekly because it's, it's like a two-minute read, but wealth of information. And his email address is Vlad, V-L-A-D, V like Victor, at Craner. So it's K R. A N like Nancy E R dot com. Of course, you can visit his website at www dot Craner with an N K R A N E R dot com. And as always, send me your stories if I can help you in any way, or if there's topics that you'd love me to cover. Uh, by all means, I'm here. I'm listening. Send me an email at Connie at Whitman Dot com, and I do respond to my emails personally, so uh, send me that information. And as usual, I promise I will put Vlad's contact information on the Web Talk Radio Architect of Change platform so you can click and find him easy peasy. That's how we roll, right, Vlad? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Wonderful show, Connie. Thank All you. Right. Vlad, thank you again for sharing your, um, your knowledge and experience. Uh, greatly appreciated. I hope you guys will join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together how to grow and challenge ourselves so we all embrace change and realize that change is possible and easier than we think. And sometimes it just takes a little bit of planning. You've been listening to Architect of Change with me, your host, Connie Whitman, on webtalkradio.net. Thank you so much, everybody. Please, please go out and prepare and help protect your, your elderly parents. Be well. You've been listening to The Architect of Change with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Thank you for tuning in. We're glad you were here. Time may change me, but I can't.